Hi, I'm Gary Witter, and you're listening to The Great Big Beautiful Podcast. joke it was just origami Darth Vader wrote the whole book and then at the like 11th hour I'm like wait a minute Darth paper and so I just did I just did a find and replace <laughs> and that's awesome what's up y'all this is Jeff Tepper from Dallas Dads Group and you're listening to the great big beautiful podcast episode 23 starts now yeah here are your hosts Jamie Green and Justin Connors so I don't know when the last time I did origami was, but I was suddenly having a hankering for it, and you surprised me with this guest. I love the way you lead lead into things. This is fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that you were um, just itching for some origami. Um, and what better? Or you, you don't want to waste your time like making a swan no. or a duck or something like that when you could be making Yoda or Chewbacca. Exactly. You know that. 100 days of origami books, those are of the past. Yeah, man. And it's all about origami Yoda at this point. <laughs> so we're talking today to Tom Engelberger, author of the famous origami Yoda books. Mm-hmm. There and are six There are six of them in the series, um, plus a guide to doodling and, and folding. Um, and they are huge, huge, with, you know, all capital huge in this house. Um so I know all about them. I know all the characters. I've read, listened to the books more times than I can count. Um, Tom is just a great guy. He uh, He's written a bunch of other books. Um, he's done a lot of picture books. He's got a Star Wars novel coming up, which is a retelling, reimagining of Return of the Jedi. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit. He's got a Rocket and Groot novel coming out or book coming out that's sort of set in that Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy universe. Um yeah, so this is this is this is a good one because he's just it's hilarious. So all right, so we're gonna go and here's the interview that we recorded with Tom Engelberger. Enjoy, Tom. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I, I love talking Star Wars. Who doesn't really? I mean, you're talking. Justin and I can certainly sit here and talk Star Wars all day. So, <laughs> um, so just launching right in, um. You're probably most well known at this point for the Origami Yoda books, um, and you must get this question all the time. But what is your background with origami? Okay, well, um, origami, probably around four years old when I started origami, and Star Wars six years old when I saw A New Hope for the first time. So those two things have been part of my life forever, and um, some point, I'm sure I tried folding like an X-Wing or something, but I never really ever had the idea of folding Star Wars characters out of origami until I was uh, inspired by seeing the same origami Yoda that's been viral on the internet for about 10 years now. It's called the Kawahada Yoda, uh-huh. and it's it's really spectacular. And 
that just uh, it opened up a whole new galaxy for me of folding characters. And I've just I've just been having a ball ever since then. So how hard was it to come up with the character names like Darth Paper, Fortune Wookiee, etc.? You know, <laughs> the crazy thing about Darth Paper is I wrote the entire book calling him Origami Darth Paper, uh, Origami Darth Vader. Uh-huh. I mean, there was no pun. There was no joke. It was just Origami Darth Vader. I wrote the whole book. And then at the like, 11th hour, I'm like, wait a minute, Darth Paper. <laughs> and so I just did I just did a find and replace. <laughs> and that's awesome. <laughs> the and it works, and the, it works so much better. People give me ideas all the time. And the Fortune Wookiee, that came from another author named Jay Asher. He's the guy that wrote that book, 13 Reasons Why. If you've ever heard of that, it's a, it's one of those uh, young adult heartbreaker books. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's got a funny streak. And uh, so he had this funny idea that he sent me. And I wrote him back and said, I'd like to take that idea. Nice. Yeah, my my kids, um, I think that they think Emperor Pickletine is his actual name. Like, I don't think that they get the joke. <laughs> I think that they think that's his actual name. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I- that's great. I like that. The only one that I ever got pushback from Lucasfilm one was Jabba the Puppet. They didn't think that Puppet should have two T's. That was the only thing. But that's that's, the, only thing we that's ever the whole joke on Hut. I know. I was like, without that, there's no, there's not even a joke because it doesn't sound anything like Hut. So I, I think they, I think they just said yes just to be, be done with me at that point. <laughs> just let's get get you out of their hair. Um, what, what, what led to, I mean, you say you had this, this background with origami and this background with Star Wars, but when you were started writing, um, and these were not the first things that you wrote. So like what, what, what set, what, what lit that light bulb and said, aha, I can combine origami and I can combine Star Wars and I can put them both in middle school and it's going to be amazing. (laughs) Well, I had an idea uh, and, uh, when it started out, it was just going to be one short story. And it was going to be, if you've read the book, it's the story where um, the kid cries when he plays baseball. Right. And it's not cry. It's not boo-hoo tears. It's angry tears. He is enraged. He's enraged at himself. He's enraged at everybody, uh, the whole world, at the concept of baseball. He's mad at everything. And that was me. That was totally me. And what I needed was somebody to say, Hey man, chill out. The you know, and to say you know that dude out there playing second base, he's good at baseball because he practices. You know, he plays little league. You don't, you never practice. You you should respect him instead of hating him. I needed advice like that when I was in middle school. So I was like, I'll just have Origami Yoda give this kid the advice he needs. And very quickly it was like, well, as long as you're giving advice about that, how about asking a girl to dance? Yeah. How about dealing with the guy who's a jerk? How about trying to help the guy who's a jerk be less of a jerk? And there's just it poured out all these stories. So I've got six books full of these stories, and um, and that was almost basically every story I had, and and they're all used. It's all used up now. My entire <laughs> middle school uh, experience has been turned into six books, and and that's it. So it's safe to say that these books are hand-drawn from real-life situations. Oh, my gosh. You know, there's so little imagination at work in the books. I think <laughs> would be stunned if they knew. It's all uh, so many little things in there. Sometimes it's two true things 
put together in ways that didn't really happen. But usually the, the two things themselves are true. Yeah, I just didn't I don't make up all that much stuff. <laughs> so you say you put it all into these six books and you've got nothing left. But is yeah, it- there's like there's one story left that didn't make it into the books, but that would just be one chapter. <laughs> so uh, I don't I definitely I it was it was it was the end of Dwight's story because it was sort of the end of my story. OK, do you think that you'd ever return to that that world, though? What I would love to do is write another one of the how-to books mm-hmm. and and draw more pictures and fold more stuff. That w- That's a lot of fun. But I don't know that I've got the stories in me to write another novel. Hmm. You could, I'm sure you get lots of letters and stuff from kids. I mean, you could probably just start gathering some stories. Oh, my gosh. The kids are amazing. There's a whole thing. It's called the Origami Yoda Expanded Universe. <laughs> and for a while, I was reading it, and pretty soon – Pretty soon I had to stop reading it. I was like, these kids are using up every possible idea because, you know, if I see that a kid has used a certain thing, I'm not going to I'm not going to do it after that. Yeah. And so, you know, these kids are just running through everything that ever happens in a school. And I'm like, I've got to stop reading this. (laughs) But, yeah, they've got great stuff out there. They what they invented their own characters. They made their own movies. Uh, they re-edited stuff that I had done to please themselves better. I mean, they, <laughs> they've just taken it and run with it. That's hilarious that there's an expanded universe. You better be careful because Disney might kill it. <laughs> they've been very, Disney has been very kind about all of that so far. Um, well, I mean, talking about the kids, I saw you at uh, New York Comic Con last year, and your panel um, was basically just like 10 minutes of showing kids how to fold characters and then letting them loose oh and you're then, talking about the one down in the basement yeah 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 i wish i i wish uh i'd had a microphone or something so i could be a little more clear i'm not sure anybody could hear there was a lot of yelling the room was i mean <laughs> I, I went to I, i've been to a lot of cons and i've been to a lot of panels and we we spent a considerable amount of time in those kids rooms down there in the, in the basement last year your that room for you was the crowdest i've ever seen a, a room for something like that. I mean, they were literally packed in and people were in the hallway trying to get in. And it was so loud because the kids were just going nuts folding all these origami characters. And I mean, I felt bad for you because you were standing on a chair against the wall shouting and just trying to like <laughs> tape tape everything up against the wall. And you were just trying to keep up with this flood of puppets that were coming your way. Yes. Um, That's what my life has been like for five years. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's been great. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's been great. So, I mean, you go to things like that and you've get, you get like hundreds of kids giving you their puppets. And I saw on your website you've got this little portal where kids can send pictures of the designs that they've come up with. Have you ever gotten any that have just totally just blown you away? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, for instance, General Grievous. You know, how are you going to fold General Grievous? Okay. It's never going to be good unless you've got four arms, right? Nobody wants a two-armed grievance. <laughs> and um, nobody – and it's just not as good if you tape the arms on. Um, and so I struggled. I, I came up with one that had four arms that was incredibly complicated. I couldn't begin to explain it to anybody. And then this kid in Vancouver comes up to me one day and he's like, oh, look. Look at this. And he shows Ooh. me. And he's made just like a couple cuts but very simple cuts. It's still all one piece of paper. There's no tape. It is perfect. It's uh. just perfect. So, uh, yeah, that one ended up in 
the R2-D2 book. That one was so good and so brilliant. And it, it's still five years later, I'm still finding people who find original ways to do stuff that amazes me. Well, I'm, I'm going to put you on the line right now because you're not my, my daughter um, says that you're not allowed to stop writing them because you have not put Boba Fett in any of the books yet. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> that's very kind. The, you know, the little cartoons of Boba Fett and Bosk where they're really whiny. That's just about my favorite thing. Yeah. In the books. If, if I was ever to do any anything else, I would love to do like just a whole book of Boba and Bosk having problems oh but <laughs> you know that other book the jedi academy book that sort of fills that need in the world so um yeah, yeah but uh tell your daughter i really appreciate that <laughs> and uh yeah who knows maybe boba will return in the uh in the next if we get to do another how-to book oh that would be great that would be great. Yeah, she actually, we, we just brought home the, the how-to book, the, the guide to fold, folding and doodling, is the only one that we hadn't had. And she brought it home from the library the other day. And it, it's like, I think it's become part of her hand at this point. <laughs> she just won't put it down. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, that makes me very happy. I'm very, very happy to that. I was actually telling Jamie before that I can't, for the life of me, get my kids into Star Wars. And I feel like I'm failing as a father because of it. <laughs> And, uh, and I agree with that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm going to try to pick up your books because my daughter loves origami. I think this might be my in. <laughs> it is so weird. Every once in a while, somebody will come up to me and they'll be like, you know, I don't really like Star Wars, but I like your books. And of course, <laughs> I say, like, you must be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you must be crazy. Because Who doesn't like Star with, Wars? Without Star Wars, my books, you know, they wouldn't even exist, you know. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, if my books help anybody get started on star Wars, like I think Lego star Wars is helping a lot of kids get into star Wars. You know, um, if my books do that, I'm very happy. Yeah. Well, what's, what's, what's cute about the books in that sense is that not all of the characters in the book like star Wars either. Like there's a whole group of girls who don't really care about star Wars, but they, they quickly buy into the, the cult of origami Yoda and, and I think a lot of readers or a lot of parents who might not necessarily be into Star Wars can relate to that. Well, yeah, I, th I find that group of girls uh, very interesting. I mean, some of them do like Star Wars. Sure. But not all of them do. And, and that just reflects when I go to schools. Some kids um, instantly respond to the books because they like Star Wars. And some kids instantly push the books away because they don't look like Star Wars. Hmm. You know, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, especially when I go to see middle schoolers, they're already trying to think that they're too old for Star Wars, mm -hmm. which is patently ridiculous. But <laughs> but that's what they think. Um, and so they're like, oh, I don't want to get too excited about this book because uh, it's kid stuff. Yeah. So I have to try to find a way through to those people. Yeah. It's just it's not cool. Oh, I'm I'm dreading those that those years when things suddenly become not cool. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, <laughs> back to the, uh, the the current issues. So you've got a Star Wars novel coming out uh, September. Which that's is, right, September twenty second. All three books come out on the same day, and their covers all you can you can get them all and put them together, and their covers will be a masterpiece on your bookshelf. Um, it's just such a crazy thing that that uh, Lucasfilm decided to do, and I'm so glad they asked me to be part of it. 
quickly for anybody who might not be aware, it's a retelling. Your book is a retelling of Return of the Jedi. Um, it's called Beware the Power of the Dark Side! Exclamation point. And I love titles with exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like you said, it's part of a trilogy. And each book retells one of the original original trilogy films from a different point of view. Um, and I was wondering, can you just talk about what makes your book in particular in the series in general, what you can tell us about what people could expect from those books? Okay. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of Star Wars books are written in this sort of um, pretty straightforward science fiction prose kind of style. And some of the authors, you know, have been incredible at that. Um, but that's not what we wanted to do. We didn't want to just retell Star Wars again. Um, what we wanted to do was each of us come to it our own way, bring our own baggage, our own interests to it. And so um, Alexandra Bracken, she's a young adult author. She's grown up with Star Wars novels. She knows all this expanded universe stuff. And uh, so she wrote it. She got into the heads of Princess Leia and Solo and Skywalker. She got into their heads and wrote it in three chunks. One chunk is Leia's story, et cetera, et cetera. And she did it in a way that I never could have done it. That's just not me at all. Mm -hmm. And then um, Adam Gidwitz, he did Empire Strikes Back in the second person, which is just, I mean, that's like walking on a tightrope. That's crazy. Second person. So I had this idea that I wanted to make mine like a Victorian novel with some of that kind of dear reader stuff to it. And I'm like sitting at Skywalker Ranch, afraid to say this out loud, because I'm like, what if they say that's a dumb idea? And Adam Goodwitz raises his hand. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write mine in the second person. And at, at that point, you're like, nothing I can say is crazier than that. So I said, oh, by the way, I'll be writing mine in a Victorian Dear Reader style. And nobody even heard me because they were still in shock from uh, Adam Goodwitz. So mine has a lot of a lot of, you know, oh, but reader, we know what Darth Vader was up to, that sort of stuff. And um, I just wanted to pack it full of stuff. I resisted any attempt to narrow it down. So mine is twice as long as the other books. It's a big monster. It's got footnotes. It's just (laughs) packed, packed with stuff, because that's what my brain is like in regards to Star Wars. I just love it. And I want more, more, more. Uh, who's the target audience for this? Are they they're for younger readers? The target audience is mid-grade, like origami Yoda mm-hmm. age and maybe a little older. But I'm I'm hoping that young adults read it too. I'm hoping Alexander Bracken sort of brings in some young adults who will enjoy it. And of course, adult Star Wars fans. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm an adult Star Wars fan. I wrote it for people like me. I think I hope people will try it and enjoy it. There's tons of stuff in there to find. Well, they they sound like a blast. Like they sound like they're just a lot of fun, not only for you to write, but they just sound like they're going to be a lot of fun to read. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, I can't I can't say that myself, but I really hope so. Uh, I mean, I love so many. Here we go. The problem <laughs> with a lot of the expanded universe novels that have been sort of wiped away at this point, a lot problem with a lot of those is that they fell into the trap of taking themselves too seriously. Um, and taking in taking the the canon, you know, the, the the Star Wars universe, it was taken very seriously. Um, and I love books that can approach it 
you know, tongue firmly planted in cheek. Um, and that sounds like, I mean, you guys are still have a respect for the, for the property and the respect for the story, but you're approaching it from this vastly different perspective. And it's just, it's just going to be a fun ride. It sounds like it's like, I don't know if you've read the, uh, the, the, the Shakespeare star Wars series. Oh, I love the Shakespeare. I love them. Ian, Ian did such a fantastic job with those. Everyone, even the prequel ones are so good, you know? Um, and, All right. Uh, let me let me before you get too much farther. Let yeah. me clear up clear up a misconception. Okay. Uh, I t- I t- personally my book I take Star Wars very seriously. There will be no um, tongue in cheek in my book at all. It's dead serious. Okay. Now hopefully parts of it are funny because just like the way Star Wars the movie is at times funny. Yeah. There's humor in the movie, but that's different than making fun of the movie. Right, right. Oh, I didn't mean. I don't. Think no, hold I on, hold on. Wait a oh, minute. Okay, hold on. But Adam Gidwitz. <laughs> yeah. Now, Adam Gidwitz, who wrote *Empire Strikes Back*, he had, you know, he wrote this his own way, and he had a lot of fun with it, and and wrote some crazier stuff, and and that was what was neat was we didn't have any control over what the other people were doing. So I'm looking at what he's doing, and I'm like, dude, you cannot say that, and you know. <laughs> He's like, yes, I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I yeah, I did not mean to imply that you didn't take it seriously or that there was no respect. I what I mean is that there it's it's a tongue in cheek was bad. Um, no, 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 that's fine. It's absolutely fine. I mean, there's a lot of tongue in cheek stuff in the Origami Yoda books. Yeah. I mean, I've got you know Emperor Palpatine riding a skateboard. And right. Stuff. <laughs> um, and there's actually a part of me that's not me. That's Kellen. The character Kellen thinks yeah. that's funny. Me personally, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't want to see it for Palpatine right <laughs> So when So anyway, um but this is yeah, this is Star Wars my way yeah. and my way is taking it way too seriously. But it still sounds <laughs> fun. You know what? I, I guess that's that's the point. So. Is that it, it's it's a it's a fun ride and it's going to be a fun read. Is it, yeah, is like I sure hope so. I sure yeah. hope it's going to be fun. I tried to write it in a really breathless style uh, in case people read it aloud to their kids. Yeah. I want it to just ro- rumble and roll through the through the whole adventure. So when you were writing it, uh, your retelling, were you giving a set of parameters to write within or did you have a lot of creative freedom with it? Yeah, almost no parameters, nothing. But we knew that eventually – um, the story group was going to have to look at it. Right. Uh, and the story group is uh, the Holocron Keeper and Pablo Hidalgo and a few other people that are in charge of the Star Wars saga. And so we knew that we wouldn't get away with everything, but we also knew that we were allowed to at least try to get away with stuff. And I got away with some really, fun, some really fun stuff. <laughs> um. You, you touched on this, like how, how each book has its very, has its own flavor and how it's unique in its own way. But retelling the especially the original trilogy, retelling those films from a different perspective. It's been done before. Um, it's been done in the comics. Both I think Dark Horse and Marvel have done it. Um, and it's being done now in that the Lego droid tales. It's retelling the, all six movies from the perspective of the droids. Um, and it, it, as the author of one of these books, how do, how are these three books sort of apart from those other, um, adventures into retelling the story? I think in many ways 
they're part of all this. Mm-hmm. Um, they are um, – they're just part of this new way of experiencing Star Wars that is trying to find a way for everybody to enjoy Star Wars. And um, what makes them different, I think – for one thing, really, the three of us, I mean, our lives are writing for kids. I mean, that's what we all do. So it's not like, um, uh, boy, I don't, I don't want to ever say anything that's going to disparage somebody mm-hmm. that wrote something before. But, you know, I have this relationship with my readers. And I, but from five years of interacting with these kids, I know, I know these, these readers so well. And I feel like I was able to just – I wanted it to seem like I was just going to sit down and I was going to tell them the story. And I know – I knew what things they would think were funny and what Mm -hmm. things they would think were exciting. And so I just think – I think that's what makes these different is they are – I hate to say the word literary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Boy, I I don't ever want to criticize anything again before because – just there's so many ways to love Star Wars, sure. and uh, and I don't know. I hope I hope that people find my book a, a new way to love Star Wars. So, how did it feel for you to finally be playing in the, if you will, official Star Wars sandbox? It was amazing because for a long time, my life goal had simply been to create a piece of canon. That's all I wanted to do. It's like maybe someday I'll get to write like a little story. And I'll be able to add one little thing. And all of a sudden, they were just like, oh, here, here's Return of the Jedi. And by the way, we're 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 throwing out the old canon or we're <laughs> or we're reshaping the canon. So, you know, be careful what you say and stuff like that. And suddenly I was able to write stuff that and I think, you know, there's levels of canon. My my book is not going to be the lucas level canon Mm -hmm. but it's a sort of kind of canon and uh it was just an awesome responsibility and an awesome amount of fun i mean you had return of the jedi which is obviously the closest to episode seven that's going to be coming out did you did you try to put anything in the story that lucas you know sort of said nah sorry can't do that or Lucasfilm, not Lucas himself. But, you know, they, they said, you know, for whatever reason, whether it right. tied into episode seven or if it was just taking too many liberties. Yes, absolutely. That happened. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was it was frustrating and um, at times, but it would be terrible to put something in my book that later got contradicted by a movie or something like that. So I didn't I didn't want to mess around with that. Instead of looking forward to episode seven, I wanted to take a chance to look back over episodes one through five Mm -hmm. so that, I mean, when we were kids and we saw Anakin make that decision to throw the emperor down the shaft, we didn't have any idea what was in his head. But now we do know some of the stuff that was in his head. We know about Padme and Ahsoka and about the relationship that he had with Obi-Wan and how that went wrong and, and how the emperor slowly brought him over to the dark side. We know all this stuff now. And so I wanted to write the book as somebody that now knew all that. Yeah. And I had a couple other missions for the book. I I don't know if, uh, if you've ever heard me talk about this, but one of the number one missions respect for the Ewoks (laughs) because they don't uh, get enough of it. 
there are people out there that do not respect the Ewoks. And I feel like I had this opportunity. Let's explain things to the doubters, yeah. to, to the haters. Let's explain things. So I go to into detail in my book about how Ewoks brought down the stormtroopers. You know, it, it happened. And uh, it was nasty business. And uh, I, I'm going to make it clear. And I and I want people at the end of this, maybe they didn't like my book, but they better respect the Ewoks when we're done. Oh, my God. I'm so looking forward to reading the whole thing. <laughs> so you're an Ewok fan, correct? Oh, the Ewoks are awesome. Okay. Does but it... that said, there are things, Ewok things that I'm not comfortable with, like the Ewok glider. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was never comfortable with the Ewok glider. I may have forgotten to mention that. <laughs> but it was a cool toy. I had that toy when I was a kid. And it was did you cool. really? I oh, did. man. <laughs> I had the glider. I had the entire Ewok village. I had the little catapult. And it, it all worked together, and it was it was pretty sweet. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, the catapult is definitely in there. We're yeah. not, you know, no one's messing with the catapult. <laughs> so does your love for the Ewoks translate to those two awful movies? Uh, no. Okay. Doesn't. Okay. Good. <laughs> because uh, yes, there's there's very little redeeming about those. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not even going to talk about that. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> and another another thing I wanted to take this opportunity to do was give uh, the princess a little more respect. Um, Alex Bracken she's complained about the amount of time the princess spends on screen. It's not that much when you, if you sit down with the stopwatch. So she made sure she gave the princess plenty of uh, screen time or page time uh, in her book. What I wanted to do was give, make sure the other characters were, well, all right, let me give you a specific example. The princess kills Jabba the Hutt. Princess Leia kills Jabba the Hutt with her own slave chains. Right. And Jabba's this guy that's terrorized the galaxy. He was so powerful that even the, the Jedi Council had to kowtow to him at times. And after all these people have been unable to do anything about him, the princess is there in chains, and she takes him down single-handedly. It's amazing. And then she runs up on deck, and he sees Luke again, and Luke is like, hey, point that deck, point that gun at the deck. He just yells at her, you know, or like, get over here or something. <laughs> so my theory is that there's a little lost scene in between there that, that George Lucas didn't have time to put in his movie. And in that lost scene, Luke is like, oh, my gosh, you got away from Jabba. And the princess says, but he didn't get away from me. Nice. <laughs> and that's in the book, right? That's in the book. Excellent. I wanted, yeah, I wanted the princess to have that moment. Well, and she, I, Yeah, you know. I never really thought about it that way. You know, he was this huge menacing figure who terrorized the galaxy. She took him down with her bare hands. But what does everybody remember? They remember the metal bikini. Right. And in the context of the story, the metal bikini is, you know, a symbol of her being stripped of power. Right. But you can't strip the princess of power. She is a powerful person. Yeah. Boy, That's I wish I thought of that stripped of power thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call my editor. <laughs> Quickly, go, go back, make some line edits. Are those all printed yet? <laughs> so how much um, how much communication was there between the three of you, or among the three of you? V very little. Very little. Right. Um, we, uh, 
Adam and I got to spend some time together at Skywalker Ranch, but we didn't actually get to talk to Alex until after she had already written hers, I think. We were just hearing rumors of what she was doing. Hmm. There was this rumor going around, they've got this young adult writer and she's going to write Star Wars The Breakfast Club version. <laughs> and we were all like, what? The Breakfast Club? What? But uh, what she meant by that was giving every character a chance yeah. to tell their story. That's brilliant. It really is brilliant. Yeah, this is of all the I mean, there are a lot of books coming down the pike, um, a lot of Star Wars books. And there are a few that are rising above the, the fray to be the ones to look out for. And I think that these three are are right up there. Um, yeah. Let me let me tell you about another one. Have you seen the, the Princess Leia's own book that's going to be part of the Journey to Episode 7 series? I've seen the covers. I haven't really read. You much saw about who them. else was on the cover? Nia Nam. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about somebody who hasn't gotten his moment to shine. Right. And, you know, I tried to, bu I bumped him up at my book because to me, Excellent. he is Return of the Jedi. Oh, me. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he was Return of the Jedi. I had, I had the, I still have the action figure. I mean, he, he, I loved that guy as a kid. Yeah. He's awesome. And um, I talked to Cecil, who wrote the book. And uh, I can't tell you everything she told me, but just looking at that cover, you know, <laughs> you know, it's going to be awesome. Nia right. Numb and the princess taking, <laughs> taking down a galaxy. Right, that, awesome. that one just got bumped up on my list also. <laughs> um, you've got a Rocket and Groot novel coming out. Um, the title is Stranded on Planet Strip Mall. So <laughs> right. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's written with the proper amount of irreverence here. All right. Now, this book, if you want the tongue in cheek or if you want the, <laughs> the crude, anything you want, uh, this book has got it, man. It, the crazy thing is not even exactly a novel. It is uh, it is just this crazy mix of dialogue and sound effects. It could be almost instantly turned into a play. It's just um, it's I, I wanted to write something for the most reluctant reader out there. There's like no difficulty of entry. There's no descriptions. There's nothing that would slow you down. It's just like, bam, we're on this planet. Everything's trying to kill us. Let's, you know, let's go. Let's beat up some stuff. <laughs> I am Groot. You know, that's, it's just crazy. What do you mean it's got sound effects? <laughs> so, okay. So it's Rocket and Groot and Veronica. And Veronica is a talking tape dispenser. <laughs> and there's actually there's actually a um, the Marvel Comics introduced this idea of Rocket going around with talking office supplies already. <laughs> and I decided to uh, to make one who is this tape dispenser. And she's also got, you know, this is the future. Everything has got extra features. She's also able to record everything that happens. And she's got a touch screen with a with a doodle app. So she's going to record every everything that happens, all the dialogue and all the sound effects. And then Rocket is going to use the touchscreen to draw everything that happens. And as you can guess, Rocket is a terrible artist. Uh -huh. I mean, awful, really bad. So who better to get to draw really terrible pictures than me? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I can, so it's a match made in heaven, but uh, I can dangle in front of you that Groot is going to get hers, his turn to draw. And as you can imagine, oh Groot my goodness. is going to be amazing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so now 
I'm still stuck in the sound effects. Is it is it actually like are we going to be able to listen to stuff? Is there a little audio chip in the book? Okay, I wish I had it right in front of me. Oh no, it, there will not be an audio chip. Instead, okay. it'll be like um it'll be like this little thing. It'll be set apart from the text and it will go like the sound of a robot being eaten by a carnivorous toilet. <laughs> I was I was thinking like Batman, bam, whoosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I like Tom's much better. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, no, there, I think there's some bam and whoosh in there too. It's also very specific sounds. And that comes out next year. Yeah, that's that comes out uh, next spring. Now, is that so excited? About is it. that just going to be like a one-off, or is, do you think it's going to lead to something I, else? I, I think we're going to do some more. Awesome. I'm not sure if that's official yet, but uh, I've actually been plotting out a sequel oh awesome that, uh, that's i'm really looking forward to that yeah, you know as the star wars sandbox is fun yeah the rock and a Groot sandbox anything. is a lot of fun because there's just an infinite number of mm. toys anything goes anything goes absolutely if you can think it then it's quite possible for rocket and Groot to get mixed up in it so you've played in the star wars sandbox you've played a little bit in the marvel sandbox where do you go from here well, I'm working on a book about uh, Bach. <laughs> and, is that exciting? Yeah. I'm a little bit speechless at this point. <laughs> you marked your calendar for that? <laughs> is, it, is, yeah. it, is it Bach as a young man riding like a land speeder or something? <laughs> Gee, how do you know? No, it's, not, it's not that at all. It's about how Bach wrote the Goldberg Variations. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for pretending to. No, think I am actually. I I love the Goldberg variation. That would be okay. All right. Really excited about that. All right, but you might be the only one that buys the book then. But, oh, <laughs> but I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, where do you go after Rock and a Group? That's going to be a big question for me. And I, right now, I, I don't know. But uh, collaborating with other authors is a great way. I'm actually writing a old school science fiction story with an old school science fiction author, and uh, we're having a ball. It's like a ro straight up robot story. Um, I'm thinking about a, another collaboration with a totally different kind of author. That's what's fun is um, is getting other people and throwing your ideas together and, and seeing what comes out. So hopefully I'll, I will have some more sandboxes to play in. Yeah. And um, just tossing this out there that you've got the uh, McToad Moe's Tiny Island, which is just a <laughs> picture book. And I, I picked it up from you at um, Book Expo um, a couple months back. And it's awesome. Like oh, I mean, we get a lot of, we get a lot of picture books through this house. Um, and this one it, it's it's really it's really well done. It's really cute. And I think it doesn't come out for a couple of months yet, though, does it? You know, I don't know when that thing comes out. But, yeah, sometime this fall. Sometime in the fall. Um, I'll link to all this stuff when we put this episode up. But that's, I mean, if you if you, if you you like off-the-wall kind of humor and, and, you know, like little little twist endings, and it's just, it's super cute. It's definitely oh, written nice. for a different audience than something like Star Wars or Origami Yoda. But, um, uh, yeah, it's super cute. So, um, is hey, that... If you liked the art in McToad, yeah. and I imagine you did, because it's, it's oh, amazing. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, isn't it? That artist, if you look him up on the internet, he did this incredible thing called Everything I Can Remember About Star Wars. 
Really? And basically he just sat down and drew, I think with no reference material, everything he can remember. And it's absolutely gorgeous. That sounds amazing. It's so beautiful. But is that something, I mean, you talk about, you know, being excited about a lot of the collaborative works and projects you've got coming up. Is that something that you prefer? Do you prefer to work with other people over just working by yourself? I think so. I, I It's, it can be fun. Sometimes it's nice to be in charge and not have to listen to anybody. But sometimes listening to other people, they'd say, you know, that could be better. Or here's a, here's a, I've got an idea that tops yours. And then you try to top their idea and back and forth and you end up with something uh, much better in the end. So yeah, collaborating really can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, um, because we've already kept you for, for a little while, um, I have to ask. I've been I've been instructed to ask. I write for Geek Dad. This uh, this show is part of the Geek Dad podcast network. Um, and you actually, once upon a many moons ago, you wrote for Geek Dad also. And I've been instructed to ask. Um, any chance you'll come back and write again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I wrote for Geek Dad, I was getting like three hits per post. Nobody <laughs> was interested. I I would write about this stuff like cardboard roller coasters and stuff that I was absolutely fascinated by and I would put it up there and absolutely no one else was interested. So I think, uh, we, we, we still write about the same crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, we, you could, you could put up a cardboard roller coaster article today and I guarantee you, you'll get more than three. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that would be wild. That would be wild. Yeah, it was, um, that was a lot of fun. And geek dad is such a cool, such a cool website, such a cool concept. Yeah. Just love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's grown a lot from from where it started. And, you know, we're we're on our own now. We're free from Wired and, and their overlords. Um and uh it's 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 just been a blast. It's been a lot of fun and uh and it would be great to have you back. Oh, that's very nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> um well Thank you. I know. I mean, you, you're you're a busy guy. We're gonna let you go. But thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with us. Star Wars, Origami, Rocket and Groot. Um, this has just been fantastic. And it would be great to have you back on as we get closer to um, uh, when the when the the books come out, the Star Wars books. And maybe we can convince Alex and Adam to come on too. And I would love. We that. could have a roundtable about the books. Yes, that would be so much fun. And just thanks a lot for having me on because I, I love a good excuse to talk Star Wars. And uh, you guys know your stuff, so it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Anytime. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much. That was, you know, talking to Tom was so much fun. Um, he's just a hilarious guy. And I thought it was great hearing someone who's – what I love about these guys that do this Star Wars novels is they're actually fans of it. They're not just doing it because they're writers and they need a job. They're doing it because they love it, and that's really cool. Yeah, this this whole stream of Star Wars books that's coming out over the next few months, um, Disney Publishing really made some bold choices with some of the authors that they got. Um, it's not, you know, in the past, it's sort of been like a stable of authors or people who, you know, it's like writer for hire kind of thing, and they weren't necessarily big Star Wars fans. Um, but the people that they've gotten to uh, write a lot of these books are you know very well established writers established science fiction writers or just established star wars freaks um and so uh, yeah they've made a lot of really good decisions and you know fingers crossed but most of the books coming out look really 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 good right and it seems like a lot of disney's decisions um it's not leaving anybody with a lot of doubt that they're going to handle the franchise uh properly or not 
And that would be something I would think that people would be upset about at first, but it seems like Disney's really uh, creating confidence in the fans' minds that they're going to do We hope. We hope. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces. You know, there's a lot of, I don't know how much overlap there is between like the movie people, like JJ's crew and Disney publishing, you know, and I mean, we're like, you know, Marvel who's putting out the comics. I mean, there's, there's a general direction that they're all going, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, very little has come out to, you know, step on the hope that everybody has that we're all going in the right direction. Well, and one thing Disney is great at is letting successful companies do their thing. And that's evidenced by Pixar, Marvel, and now Lucasfilm. So I think we're in for a good treat. Well, I'm really hoping we are. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for this week. Um, If you need to catch us on Twitter, not if you need to, you do need to, we are at the GBV podcast, same as Facebook. And tweet us, Facebook us. Uh, is there anyone you want to hear us interview? Any dream interviews that you want to hear? Jamie is the master bookie, so he can. <laughs> he, That's the bookie. He will do his best to uh, find some great guests for us. I will do what I can. <laughs> Nobody's off the table at this point. Exactly, and it doesn't even we we say Disney, but if we can find a Disney connection anywhere, so. As is evidenced by a few of our most recent episodes, but uh, yeah, I mean, if it's if it's somebody that is interesting and has cool stories, and we think that people would want to hear from them, we're happy to have anybody on hmm. and talk about almost anything. I wonder if we can find a Disney connection to Jonathan Frakes. I think we should have him on. Uh, yeah, he was a voice in Gargoyles. <laughs> there we go. Show. Perfect. Let's get him on. Book him. <laughs> I will do my best. I'll add him to the list. <laughs> all right, guys. I'm on Twitter as well, 140 Justin C, as well as all the other platforms. And, and I, I am the Roarbots everywhere. Find me. Perfect. This is another great week. Another great episode. Tell your friends. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs> This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad.